today we got Tex on the show. Tex is, is from Texas. Um, he's an author um, and he writes a lot about uh, masculinity and about, um, I think, the renaissance of, of, of or the resurgence of masculinity that we're seeing in the world today um, in some of these circles. You know, it's kind of under the the mainstream radar, but it's a, it's a response to what's going on. And and Tex, I love the stuff that you put out and I love your story. And I, I'm excited to have you share it with my audience, man. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, um, let's get into, uh, you know, one of the things I like to start sometimes in my podcast with interview with is um, I'm curious because it's a fatherhood podcast. If a young, young man came to you, was married, having their first kid and they said, Tex, I need some advice. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. My, my wife is pregnant. What is some advice you can give me being a new dad? Be patient, um, be, be, be loving and um, realize there's no owner's manual and you're going to screw some stuff up. And you're going to figure it out along the way. By the time you get to kid two and three and four, it's going to be so much easier. And, um, you know, don't don't worry about the fact that you think you can't afford a baby or a second or a third. Um, no one can. So <laughs> we just figure it out. You know, that's how we do it. And you realize that um, when your wife does have this baby, she's going to go through some hormonal changes right as, you know, as you're leading up to it during and then right after and she's going to be out of her mind and some things. And you're, you're going to look at her and go, who is this woman sometimes, right? And, <laughs> and, and But that's going to happen. I mean, it happens to most people. And so, you know, hopefully you can avoid the whole post, postpartum depression and all that stuff. But just be just be kind, be loving. And uh, I'm not saying be her slave. I'm not saying, you know, be her fetching boy. I'm just saying know that her emotions are going to be all over the map. And it's up to you to be calm mm-hmm. and to just be a little stoic. And just love her when she needs to be loved. Yeah. The the perspective glasses you got to put on. I, I think I'm finally learning that after we, we're having our fifth, you know, pretty soon. And it's like, man, I'm finally learning that lesson. <laughs> okay. She's probably. Yeah. Right. Five kids, man. <laughs> I can't imagine five kids. Good Lord. I got three grandsons and they come down to visit twice at the beach this summer. And after about, a, we were there like eight days, both times. Right. And I'm like, whoo, man, these guys are work. I forgot how much work this was. <laughs> Yeah, they're like 12, 10, and 7. So they're they're just constantly, their motors are running the whole time, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah I realized, I, I, that was the other thing I, I regret. I, I didn't have enough kids, man. I only had, yeah. We stopped at two. Yeah. And I wish we'd had more now. I look back at that and go, I, that was a, and, and what was it? It was, you know, stressful. Yeah. We were broke. We were poor. We were broke. And I managed to convince myself that having more kids was a really, really bad idea. And my wife and I were both in agreement of that. We're like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're done. I mean, yeah. she wasn't even 30 when she had our second kid. We could have had plenty of time to have, you know, at least one or two more. So it's funny that you, you rarely hear people say they, you hear people often say they wish they had more, not that they had too many, you know, it's often that. From what well, I, it depends on if you got that one that's totally yeah. screw up at age 40. You go, yeah, I wish I hadn't had that one. Uh, <laughs> nah, they don't say that. They don't say that. They think that, but they don't say that's it. Right. They don't say um, no. Nah, they don't say it. Was it somebody said the other day, um, one of my friends online said something about how amazing it was to be able to uh, use your phone to text message money to your kids. And I replied <laughs> back, yeah, well, not when they're 36. You know, that's not cool. Okay. That's right. So. <laughs> they they know it's just a text message away, so they can just text you for it. <laughs> That's it. 
never make it too easy on them, right? Yeah. Though it's funny you, you talk about um, the stress of having young kids and 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 even just the perspective of having a pregnant wife and keeping that in perspective. And that's that's a huge lesson. I don't stress that enough with friends that are having kids later than me. But um, just the energy level. I mean, you sounded like my dad when you were saying about being tired. They watch the kids for like a weekend. My dad's like, I'm I'm beat, man. I'm like, you had them for like two days. <laughs> like good luck you know <laughs> so uh, i think part of that is we feed them we, we, we don't probably don't feed them the right stuff we'll give them way too many cookies and sugar yeah. and we we suffer the consequences of that but i'm just glad i had them when it went you know my daughter ended up having kids when she did because i'm only 59 right i can still go do stuff go fishing with them running on the beach with them that kind of thing you know i'm not 80 something and drilling out the side of my mouth and telling them to go away yeah. You know, and that's, that's a, that's a blessing. That's the problem I see with these guys is, oh, I'm going to wait until I'm 50 to have kids. Really? You're going to be 70 when they get out of, out of, you know, when they go into college or something, you know, yeah. do you really want that? I mean, is that really what you're after? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Hey, I, I know you, um, you have a blog where you talk about some of these topics, but one of them stems around your journey with, um, your, in, in your marriage where you had a, it sounds like, you know, a transformational moment where you embraced a, you know, dominant submissive, um, you know, lifestyle. And to me that the, the interesting thing about me, about that with me was that, um, it is conveyed and I think a negative light or a, not an appropriate light, you know, in, you know, 50 shades of gray or whatever you want to call it. That's out in there in the mainstream. That's totally different, but I'm a, I'm a believer. So, you know, in terms of being a, viewing the the man as the head of the house and, and some of the traditional values, there's so much wisdom there that me and my wife had that, you know, relationship and that those roles. And what was interesting to me was some of the stories you hear from guys and, and from fathers and husbands that when their kids move out of the house, that the marriage kind of degrades because they were a child centered marriage and the roles have kind of shifted into weird spots so that they can't, you know, adapt. And and I don't know if that's kind of how, how it was, was for you, but that's one thing I'm very cognizant of. And, and I'm, you know, my, I talk my wife and I talk about that a lot because we don't want it to arrive there. Um, right. I didn't know if you could just tell your story a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, I will say that um, the last thing you want to be is another kid in your wife's household as a man. You want to lead. Um, you, 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 there could only be one leader. Everyone else has to follow that person. That's the only way of, um, you know, people talk about having these marriages of, of equality. Oh, we do this together. We do that together. We make them. Yeah, well, that does that also kills off the, the sexual spark of attraction um, when men aren't being men and women aren't being women. They're all trying to be equal and they're all trying to be trans, not trans, but um, um, I don't know what you call it. Everybody's like like this metrosexual thing going on. Yeah. You know? uh, and so in our marriage, what we found was that, um, you know, yeah, the kids left. But even before then, we were, you know, when my son was still in like high school and stuff, things were just going bad. And and I was big, giant, fat guy at the time. And uh and she, and she, she just, she was a little chunky too, you know, a lot of stress. We were in business together. I mean, I had a regular full-time job, but we also had a, um, a real estate company. And so I did a lot of the, uh, the behind the scenes stuff, the bookkeeping and things like that. Cause I'm, that's a, a gift that God's given me. And at, at some point in time, this was really and truly her company. She was running it. So like I would be up there and she would be issuing me orders, mm-hmm. basically do this, do that and do this. And it was, it was okay at first. And then I, it just started to grate on me after a while because it just, you know, we'd go home and then she, she kept it up at home. And all of a sudden 
it was like I was, you know, like um, subservient to her. And I just, this is just not who the hell I am. And so I was pushing back in my own way. And she was pushing back in her way because, you know, she'd gotten used to that dynamic. And, and even though it was making her miserable as well. So we, we, we never really talked about using the D word, uh, the word mm-hmm. divorce in our marriage. We agreed to that early on that we would just call it the D word, but we would avoid it at all costs because we just didn't feel like that was a good idea. And we wanted to make sure we had um, our vows were commitments and that type of thing. But there was a point where we were like, you know, we did everything. We built a new big house. We did all these things trying to put Band-Aids on a broken relationship where you're only having sex once a month or maybe once every other, other month. And, you know, and it's not even great at that. It's, uh, you know, 20 minutes of, of foreplay, which is begging at that point, you know, and it's just terrible. It's just an awful lot. And there's so many men out there that are living this life right now. And if you are, I'm telling you, there's a better way. And you, but you don't have to leave your wife to get there. And so we were both searching and looking through the internet and trying to figure out what was going on. And ironically enough, we both had gone back and looked at some, some dating sites for older people. And we were in our, our early, you know, late forties, early fifties at the time. And man, what a nightmare out there. If you're, if you're divorced and, you know, 50 years old and looking at, and looking at women out there, and I'm sure they feel the same way, but I mean, everybody there has been in through three or four damaged relationships and everything else. You just look at them and go, Oh, Jesus Christ, I don't want anything to do with that. So we both never stopped loving each other. We both really wanted everything to work. Um, we didn't know how, and we were broke and we didn't, neither one of us knew how to fix it. And she, during her searching, she came up with, um, this Christian women's submissive site, and it turns out there was a short-term TV show. It only lasted a couple episodes before the executives yanked it off the air or the people got, you know, the, the Karens of the world got so angry that they made it go away. Um, but at the end of the day, she she realized, she came to me and she said, I think I'm submissive. We were driving to the airport and I was going to pop her on an airplane to go see the grandkids for 10 days. And I was just thinking to myself, oh, God, I get to go home and get drunk and hang out and just do nothing. And I'd have to listen to her bitch about stuff. And this was going to be a great vacation. Get her out of here, you know? And on the way, she's like, Hey, I need to talk about something. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. This is going to be the separation, right? We're Mm going to start with this 10 days, her seeing the kids. And it turned out, she's like, I think I'm a submissive and I want to know if you can be my dominant. And I was about drove off the side of the road. You know, I was thinking it was just, she basically threw me a lifeline, right? She threw that life ring that you see proverbial life ring on the ship and I'm in the water drowning. and I grabbed, and I'm like, Oh, hell yeah. Sure. I had no idea what I was agreeing to. Right. I mean, I had read part of 50 shades of gray because I was pretty sure that um, I was fixing to be single again. And I read like the first half of the book on my iPad. So nobody would know what I was reading. <laughs> and cause I'm thinking there's millions of women buying this book. It's like the number one selling paperback book of all time. Yeah. And it's like, there's millions of women buying this. They're all rubbing one out at night, reading this thing. I want to know why. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I may be back in the game here and I knew enough about that. And, and, and that's really just not the lifestyle. And so we, we both did our research for 10 days or so. We got back together and we started making magic again with each other. And she realized that she needed to let me lead. And I realized that I needed to quit asking her questions about stupid stuff, getting her opinion, trying to seek her approval and all the other stupid things that I was doing in life at that point. And I just need to start making decisions. And, and as they say, manning the heck up and just getting the job done. And she bit her, had to bite her tongue a few times along the way, you know, but we made it work and we still live that lifestyle today. And I, and I know I'm, I'm rambling here, but 
you had brought up Fifty Shades early on, and that just such a distorted view of what this is. And yes, DNS are two letters in the words in the in the acronym BDSM, and it gets a pretty bad label. It's how your great grandparents used to live, man. Man in charge, woman followed, and didn't really question. Everybody had their roles. They got the jobs done, and they loved each other. And there was this this polarity. There was masculine men and feminine women, and and that's just like a magnet, man. When you take two poles of a magnet that are they're identical, and you push they put them together, they push away. But when you flip it around and you put them together, they latch onto each other. And that's that's the spark. That's the the magnetism of sexual energy is having that that polarity. And you got to have it. And once we found that and got that back in our lives, it just seemed to go crazy. The, the issue with this, the 50 shades, it gives everybody such a bad impression because the dude's all screwed up mm-hmm. and it's chick porn. I mean, basically, and that's not how you live your life, but. If you if, if people will call it head of household, they'll call it living a fifties lifestyle. They'll they'll sugarcoat it and call it other names, but it's truly it's a dom sub life. And there's a lot of men that I know that live lead a dom sub life with their wives, and they don't know what to call it. That's just who they are. Mm-hmm. It's just how they live, right? It's how my dad lived. It's how you know great grandparents used to live, type of thing. So uh, that's how we that's how we saved ourselves. But it, the, the secret was we never really stopped loving each other, and we never gave up on each other. Uh, we just had to figure out a different a different strategy to go about making it work. Yeah, and I think the the interesting thing that um, and how I stumbled across you on the internet was kind of these a lot of guys talking about masculinity. Um, and I originally start you start you know following these guys, and then they become preaching all, all like pickup artists and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's almost taking it too far. And it is taking it too far. I think even though you can use maybe some of those things with your wife, you know, to to kind of spark up the relationship. But the interesting thing is that you talked, uh, we started this conversation around what advice would you give a new father? And you said, be patient and loving with your wife. <laughs> that's, that's the magic that, that goes along with that dominant. I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing you say. It's like being the head of the household, you can't get rid of that. It's the salt in the, the dominant, you know, leadership um, component is you have to have that. If you're just barking orders all the time, that's, that's, not, that's not what you're talking about either. There's a difference between being dominant and domineering. Mm. You know, we say that all the time, right? Uh, you can't be a jerk. You know, you can be a benevolent dictator, but you can't be a dick. Yeah. You know, you, you have, you know, no, no one wants to be with, with, with a man that's, you know, verbally abusive and that type of thing. Um, but yeah, there, there's a book out called Love and Respect that a lot of uh, pastors will use um, mm-hmm. for pre- premarital counseling and stuff. The, 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 the basic premise is men want to be respected. Women want to be loved. You know, men want to be loved. Yeah, maybe so, so. But more importantly, they want their woman to respect them mm-hmm. and that woman wants to feel absolute love. And so when you're giving her absolute love, um, she responds to it, you know, and, and if you get you're in this negative spiral where both people are like, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd respect her. I'd love her more if she showed me some respect and she's over there going, if he was one such a big piece of crap, I would probably respect him more and all that kind of stuff. And so there no one puts the brakes on. And so one person's got to say, OK, stop. I'm going to love her whether I think she deserves it or not. Or she has to, she's going to say, I'm going to show him some respect, even though I think he doesn't deserve it. And pretty soon that negative spiral, it starts to go the other way and starts to rise. And um, I think that's the secret. I think that's the secret sauce in all of this. Somebody has to step up and say enough. What we're doing ain't working. What do you think that is from a, from a, from the, from the man's perspective? Um, Is it that they don't respect themselves, that they don't, they don't, you know, that's what they're looking for, the respect from their wife or, you know, they're not, not, I shouldn't say that, that they're, that they're not um, loving their wife, you know, or like, what's the barrier? What's, what's at play there that's preventing them and, and that's making them 
you know, be more submissive or whatever you want to say, you know? I think that um, men want to be respected, but they're not doing their jobs. You know, they're sitting on the couch all day Sunday and watching three three NFL games in a row, mm-hmm. right? And they're not getting anything done at the house or they're, you know, and pretty soon the wife starts nagging, mm-hmm. you know, and then that just pisses everybody off, right? And, and I think guys just, they take their foot off the gas. They think, okay, well, I got married to this this beautiful woman and I, you know, or they'll, they'll stay stupid shit like, oh yeah, you know, she's the best thing that ever happened to me. And, you know, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. And they start going down that line and all this stuff. But they take their foot off the gas and they quit trying. Yeah. They just quit trying, man. It's like, ah, I got the prize, man. I'm done. No, that's when the work starts. You get married, that's when it starts. And, you know, women are the same way, right? Oh, well, I don't particularly like this about him, but once I'm married to him, I'll change him. Yeah. Right? They're all convinced they can do that because their mama convinced them they could do that. And mama didn't do a good job of doing that for her daddy, but they they they, do, they tried anyway, you know? So, <laughs> so it goes. So what are some other things you see um, – you know, I know you're you're part of the fraternity of excellence um, with Zach Small, and I had him on recently. Um, tell me a, a little bit more about that and what you're seeing with some of the guys that join that and the transformations and some of the a little, maybe a little bit more of those things that the bad habits or or bad um, mental states and roles they've slipped into that they're breaking free from as a result of being part of that community. Yeah, I shared this community with with a, a young man I'd recently met. And suggested that he look into it. And he emailed me back and he was like, this is tragic that we even have to have communities like this. Mm-hmm. He says, tragic that we fall into the point to where just being a man is so shunned and, 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 and being a proper man is not even a goal anymore for a lot of people. And so, you know, that was his take when he first, and he just joined, right? But that was his first take when he looked at, at the, the quote unquote sales page, you know, when you go pull it yeah. up. But, you know, it's a bunch of guys all over the country getting together. We've been doing this for three years now. And uh, there is a paywall there because it keeps the riffraff out. Yeah. Call it what it is. Guys that aren't serious about stuff. And we're all working towards being better us. And everybody may have different skill sets. I mean, my, my thing might be the whole Dom sub thing. Or my thing might just be that I'm grandpa and I've lived. I have, You know, Darwin hadn't killed me yet. And I'm still offering old old man advice, you know. And other guys are like super into finances or crypto and other guys are super into, you know, strength training and running marathons or whatever it is that they do that they they excel at it. We just bring everybody brings these, these gifts together and we discuss stuff and we discuss stuff a lot. And we have um, we have an online chat program that, that we keep track of during the day. And we also do, uh, you know, video conferencing calls during the week. And I mean, there might be, I look at my screen now, it's just you and me, right? But, but during an FOE chat, there's like 40 or 50 little, it looks like the Brady Bunch times 50, you know, and it's like all these different guys that at some point I get this big 27 inch iMac, right? I have to go to a second screen to see the rest of the guys. Sometimes there's so many of them on there. And, and we're, you know, sometimes there are subjects that we're, we're tackling a certain subject one night, or sometimes it's just an open chat, Sunday morning coffee and just how's it going, what you got planned for the week kind of thing. And so there's fatherhood Zooms that, that take place every Thursday night. There's a, there's a relationship Zoom that takes place every other Monday, that type of thing. I mean, so there's always something going on during the week. You don't have to do it all. Yeah. But when you get that many guys coming together and they're all pursuing excellence of some sort, um, if you're not, you're no longer going to pay that monthly fee to be there mm-hmm. because it's a harsh mirror to look into, right? Yeah. And so – Guys weed themselves out pretty quick. They're like, I can't keep up. And it's not that you have to have to do anything 
this is the you know step A, B, and C, and you have to follow this. No, 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 no. It's not like that at all. You just have to have some goals to improve something in your world. Because trust me, we all have things we got to get better at. Yeah. And so every guy in there is taking things on. There's some accountability. They'll list their goals out. They'll talk about what they're working on, that type of thing. But if a guy's talking about the same exact thing he's working on and he hadn't made any progress in a year, he's going to get called out on that kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this is accountability and brotherhood. But the brotherhood is strong, and, and a lot of us don't have that locally. We don't have those men locally. Mentors are just buddies that we can hang out with and, and, and talk about masculinity and talk about, you know, and we're not just sitting here, rah, 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 yay, men. It's not that. It's just it's just how to be a man. What's it like to be a man these days when, you know, you're raised and you go through a feminine school system where all your teachers have been indoctrinated to the whole equality program and, and basically young men that show any source of energy whatsoever get labeled ADD, ADHD and they try to give them Ritalin and everything else to try to calm them down when they're just being the young men, Yeah, you know, so they want our, our, they want our girls to be boys and our boys to be girls so that we get that metrosexual thing going on in the future. And so that's what we're fighting. We're, we're fighting that. And how do you raise your kids in this world? This world of, of COVID and homeschool for three days a week and at school for two days a week. And, you know, I mean, how do you do all that? And and I think the blessing is, God, I wish I'd had the Internet, man, 30 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I wish I'd had this, right? I, didn't, I had nothing. I was flying blind, man. When my dad died, that was it. I had no mentors and I had nobody to bounce stuff off of. I mean, you guys that are younger have no idea how blessed you are. I mean, you really don't. I'm not I'm not saying, you know. You know, shame on you for not being aware. It's just, it's just count your blessings because um, with big tech censorship, you never know who's going to get knocked out next. And uh, just count your blessings that you've got, you've got resources out there. And there's a lot of free stuff, man. There's free videos out there all over, all over the YouTube on all this stuff. You know, you don't have to pay money to be part of a group, but if you're looking for a solid group of brotherhood, you know, a, a group of brothers. You know, and then we do things live and in person. We actually meet up and go do stuff. We had a, a trip last February um, in, in um, camping trip and canoeing and that kind of thing. And we had rains come in and the river swole and we got we got trapped and we had to take canoes back to the main place to get food and ice and water and canoed back out to our little island that we were now on. I mean, it was just doing just doing dude stuff, right? Just hanging out, man. Just talking, talking, the you know, smoking cigars and smoking pipes and chewing the breeze and and just uh having having guys around again you know no that's awesome i think it's very much needed i think um it's very very much uh missing in the world today you know and and for whatever reason i mean there's mul- you talked about indoctrination but there's also um the curse of kind of the internet too is like it's it's distracted us you know it's 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 for, it's gotten us off our game we're distracted just wanting to entertain ourselves and um I think that's a, that's a, a serious issue as well that kind of plays into all that, you know. Yeah, I've been told I need to watch this movie called The Social Dilemma. Yeah, I haven't watch. watched that yet. I've heard about it. I've been, I, I, you know what? I'm I'm avoiding it because I'm a Twitter junkie. <laughs> and I think if I watch that film, I probably won't have any excuse to not slow down drastically. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually avoiding it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, no, nah, man, I'll tell you what, you know, did you, did you play any sports in school when you grew up? I, I was a swimmer. You know, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So you had a swim team. So, yeah. so you knew what it was like to be around the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the locker room mentality yeah. and the cutting up and the BS and all that stuff. And then we leave that. We either did it in high school only or maybe high school. We were blessed enough to be able to just play sports in college or whatever. But then it's gone. You don't have that camaraderie anymore. And that's what we were all there for. We don't realize it at the time. The competition was was great. It was fun and all that. 
But at the same time, the camaraderie kept you coming back for more because you didn't want to let those guys down. You didn't want to be the weakest link on the team. Yeah, the you know you wanted to have that the the pursuit of excellence because there's there's a natural measuring up with other people on the team, but inside of a unified vision, right? It's not a, you're not competing directly with them per se. You're like, hey, we want to win, we want to do this together. But you're like, hey, this guy's going a little faster than me, and I, I kind of want to beat him. You know, it's like you're you're you're, you're kind of sizing each other up, and you're you're vying for like the top spot in a healthy way. That is, you, you can't recreate it really easily, you know post, you know, act, you know, athletics in, in high school or college. And it prepares you for life, right? Right. Because life is competitive. Starting yeah. a business is competitive, right? You, you know, you, you're not going to, you know, stick a hose down somebody else's mouth to drown it, but you're going to try to figure out how you can do better than them. Yeah. Right. You're going to, how, how you can make, make your own mark in this world and do, and do a better thing. And I think that's that pursuit of excellence is, is what, that's the whole fraternity of excellence. That's that's, and there's other, other online men's communities out there that are doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, they're not, this is not the only one. But we're all doing that same thing. We're, we're we're no longer accepting mediocrity. Yeah. You know. Well, Tex, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Oh, I do. I could talk for hours on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the curse, man. I just I, I get to talking so much, and I, I get to to rambling so much. But uh, yeah, there, there's a whole stuff out there. I mean, if you want, I, I've started. I did a YouTube to do a YouTube thing. If you want to come check out some videos that I do on that, some of them are just rants. Some of them are just old man wisdom stuff talking about improvement, things like that. And it's on YouTube. Uh, just do a search for Texas Dom to E-A-X-S-D-O-M. And I'm all over the place. I'm on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for people that are just listening, you know, Google Texas Dom on, on Twitter and then also on YouTube, but we'll link all of it in the show notes too. Oh, thanks. Yes. Yeah, so okay. We'll link your, your YouTube uh, channel and, and, and Twitter handle and your blog and everything. So no, I enjoyed being here. Like I said, fatherhood is an exciting time. And I think you get, you get one shot at it, right. You don't get multiple shots at being a dad. So that's why being a grandpa is so nice because you get a second shot at it. That's why all of a sudden when grandkids show up in your life, your kids become way less important, right? You start focusing on the, on the grandkids, but um, you know, do it right the first time. Don't have a lot of regrets. And there's so many resources out there like the two cent dad, podcast and everything else you've got all these resources there's no reason not to take up not to at least educate yourself and ask for help when you need help don't be don't be shy there's help out there everybody's waiting to throw you a rope all you got to do is climb up awesome yeah all right well thanks tex thank you sir appreciate it. thank you for listening to the two cent dad podcast and for taking your role as a father seriously and investing in your family this show is made possible supported by ec group um, ec group has been scaling software teams since 1999 and you can learn more at ecteams.com as always any feedback or suggestions or critiques um, for the show maybe a potential guest um, email me mike at twocentdad.com and to be sure that you never miss any great content that goes out whether it's a podcast episode or anything else then you have to get on the email list and you can do that at twocentdad.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Mike Sudik, signing off.